Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast with Tom Underwood. Armed with truth and knowledge, your journey to a healthy lifestyle can be obtained. Preventative wellness, quality nourishment, and daily fitness routines dramatically improve your outlook on life as a whole. And you'll find the support and info you need to accomplish a healthier lifestyle here. Together, we can empower each other along our journey to an amazing you. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whenever you may be listening to this episode. Today, I am going to cover sugar addiction once again, because sugar addiction is an addiction like any other drug, like cocaine, opioids, etc., etc. They mess with our serotonin and dopamine levels, and we begin to crave it, and it's hard to break. Matter of fact, people go through withdrawals from sugar. I've decided that I want to cover this topic more in depth with Michael Collins. Michael Collins has been completely sugar-free for over 30 years. He is the chairman of the board of the Food Addiction Institute that helps raise awareness about processed foods and sugar worldwide. He is the founder of sugaraddiction.com which has been helping thousands successfully quit sugar for over nine years. Michael and his wife raised two children, sugar-free from the womb to six years of age. Michael has worked closely with others to help them regain lives ravaged by various substance use disorders. So thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed this show. Today's episode is very important to me because sugar is the real gateway drug. Sugar is more addictive than cocaine and is a leading contributor to our nation's health crisis today. Michael Collins is my guest this afternoon, and he is the chairman of the board of the Food Addiction Institute that helps raise awareness about processed food and sugar worldwide and is a founder of the sugaraddiction.com website which has been helping thousands successfully quit sugar for over nine years. Michael, welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast, sir. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you having me, Tom. I really do. This is uh, exciting stuff. Well, sugar is the root cause of all evils, in my opinion. It's (laughs) hidden in a lot of foods. There's over 75 different sugars, or probably more than that at this point. So let's get started by... How did you get into this world of sugar addiction and sugars? Yeah, it's uh, I'll, I'll give you the short version, but uh, you know, I, I grew up. There's a great quote on uh, Ed Bradley's interview and Eric Clapton for 60 Minutes, and you know, he's talking about addiction. They're down at his treatment center in Antigua, and they're saying, "Hey, how did this all start, Eric, with heroin?" And he goes, "No, it started with sugar." And Ed goes, "Sugar." So, yeah, I mean, it's just like I was a regular kid. I mean, I just we had unfettered access to the sugar bowl. We if we didn't put if we didn't have half an inch of sugar on the, uh, you know, on the bottom with the milk after the Cheerios, we didn't put enough sugar on it. My mother didn't care. She was a sugar junkie. She I think she died of the disease, to be honest with you. And. You know, I just grew up with it. And, it, and as Eric Clapton said, it changed my state. I ate it. I mean, he, I ate the same thing. He ate bread and butter with sugar on it. Can you imagine? I mean, it was... Oh, I remember big. those sandwiches. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, you were, we grew up about the same area. You know, I mean, 
And we put we like the brown sugar, sugar too. But whatever. Um, so, you know, I got older and I just thought I was a kid. I didn't think anything of it. I never had a weight problem. I was kind of an athlete. So I didn't really, that was not a worry. But, you know, I had my first beer at 13 or 14. And now I'm like, whoa, this is even better. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> I, I didn't run to the store with all my allowance money. I, and, you know, so, you know, again, I went to college and drank a lot of beer and smoked a lot of pot and stuff. And, you know, I had a little trouble with alcohol and drugs. And, and I uh, got sober at about 28, right? So here I am, you know, trying to get off drugs and alcohol. And I'm finding all these folks, all my compadres and recoveries and stuff. They're all gaining weight and getting diabetes don- uh, diagnosis and all that kind of stuff. And so I just, uh, you know, I started studying it. I studied it and I, and I read a book called Sugar Blues. And Sugar Blues is you see, very good it's book. a very good book. Yeah, good. I'm glad you read it because it's it really tripped my trigger. I guess the best way to say it. And for your folks, it's uh, the guy's name is William Duffy. He's he's passed now, but he uh, he was at a party and he was putting two lumps of sugar in his coffee. And from behind him, a voice said, "I wouldn't have that in my house, let alone my body." And the voice was Gloria Swanson, the movie star. And so he turned around and there she was. And they started talking. They eventually got married, her third or fourth husband. And uh, he liked blues too, so he combined it. So I read that book in the early 80s. And uh, I got married and stuff. And somehow, Tom, I talked my uh, current my wife at the time into when she got pregnant, before she got pregnant, to do it without flour or sugar or caffeine, right? So. All my my two boys were the twins are raised with no flour, no sugar. You know, I, I kind of put it on the shelf of like a regular guy, made money, you know, had a career. And but it was always in the back of my mind, you know, the the sugar stuff and and people used to call me the weird addiction specialist around recovery and stuff, mostly because of a, I've talked a lot about sugar and caffeine and stuff that most people drank pretty copiously, you know, they didn't really think about it. So you know, come around about eight or nine, ten years ago, I got the domain and and uh, and started coaching people on sugar and putting out little products to educate folks. And I've been doing it ever since. And I've kind of retired from my other stuff. And now this is what I do almost. This is what I do full time, pretty much. I have some other stuff, but you know, I'm a sugar coach now and and help folks do it. And we're trying to get it a little bit bigger. So that's about. That's a short. Version. Okay, that's a good version. <laughs> I read when I was preparing for this that you raised your children from birth to the age of six to be sugar-free. That's incredible in itself. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. How old are they now, and and how how do they treat sugar now? (laughs) That's a good question. I actually asked my son the other day. Uh, My boys are twins. They're 29 years old now, but uh, they don't have a draw to it, and they didn't have a draw to it. And much to the chagrin of the parents, the school educators, the literally the relatives, uh, it, they did not feel deprived and it didn't skew their world. Uh, they never had problems with alcohol or drugs. You know, Tom, all the science is coming out now. We didn't quite know it back now, back then, but five years from, you know, about five years back, the science really accelerated. And I just believe that the boys' dopamine and serotonin receptors were not as inundated as mine were as a kid. 
you know, this blasted with this product that manually pushes the serotonin, the dopamine mostly, but even serotonin. And so I think they grew up pretty normal. I mean, they they never really they they're never they were never really attracted to sugar. They never um, they can take it or leave it now. They have a little bit. It's it's not an issue for them. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, there, a lot of functional studies have been coming out lately about the brain diagnostics with the, and how the brain reacts to the, the exact same way sugar and cocaine reacts to the brain. And there's a well-known characteristic of addictive drugs is their ability to cause and repeated intermittent increases of dopamine, right. like you said. Yeah. So, you know, let's go into a little bit about the, you know, I, I think of that commercial, uh, and I've said this before, about the egg, where you crack the egg in the frying pan. This is your, this is your brain on drugs. Sure. And so, I mean, sugar is a freaking drug. It is. It is. And when we cross that bridge, you get well. You know, and when when you just accept it, here's the thing I believe, and Duffy writes about it quite a bit in the history. I really am an anthropologist of this stuff. You know, I'm really people say, Mike, why don't you become a doctor? I'm like, if I were to become a doctor, it would be a doctor of anthropology. You know right. what I mean? Because I I want to know how do we get ourselves in this mess? You know, 30, 40 years ago, the high fructose corn syrup really threw us for a real loop, but. You know, the bottom line is, is that when you understand just because it's sweet, just because it got enculturated over hundreds, maybe a thousand years, does not mean it's not a drug. <laughs> you know, right. it's still a drug and it's low dose and dose dependency is does its damage over time. Right. And it does still affect your brain. It affects your emotions. It affects your feelings. It's an it's literally an anesthetist. They use it to anesthetize babies before uh, circumcision. It's an actual product called Sweet Ease, and that's they don't use uh, barbiturates or anything. They don't use, they don't use pain relievers or opioids or anything. They use sugar, and they, they have that surgery with just a little bit of sugar, but that because it works, it does relieve pain. But we as adults don't feel that anymore. It's a great book that just came out, and the woman's drug history and everything. It's like, we are, she says, we are now just staving off withdrawals. We're just getting back to normal um, with the sugar in our lives, you know? And so when people cross the bridge that says in their mind, they accept that it's a drug, then they change their relationship to it. So your, your, your point is well taken, very well taken. You know, it's interesting because there's a lot of things out there on sugar, but I want to dive into detoxes because that's a there's a lot of detoxes on the market. Yeah. And detoxing from drugs is not easy. So detoxing from sugar is going to be equally the same, in my opinion. So let's sure. talk about some of the detoxes out there. Do they work? Are they worth exploring? Or are some of them just bogus junk? That's a great question, my friend. I mean, look, in my mind, all of the detoxes are really sugar, flour, and caffeine withdrawals. In other words, the, the pain that you feel, the, even the keto flu that is pretty popular right now, the keto diet kind of thing. The keto flu, if you put the symptoms of each sugar addiction withdrawals and sugar detox next to the keto flu, they're identical. 
They're absolutely identical. And it truly is. I've worked with, like I said, thousands of people online and hundreds of people personally. And patterns develop. Patterns of how, you know, day one is, day two, day three. And what happens are is always the same, you know. There's anxiety. There's depression. There's lethargy. There's this feeling literally of impending doom. Because your dopamine now is not being pumped manually anymore. It is literally, you know, they call it down-regulated. The receptors are down-regulated and they're healing up. They're, they're, they're trying to come back online. And when you go through that, most people can't. They, like the woman said in the book, you can't live in withdrawals. And it takes a good solid 30 days physically and then emotionally and mentally because you've worked and, and you've uh, re- reached for this drug unconsciously to quell s- uh, stress and anxiety and fear and worry uh, and shame, you know, unconsciously since you were a baby, it takes time to walk out of that. So the physical is real. It's not in your mind. And the emotional is even worse. I mean, not worse. I don't want to say worse because you can get through it. But it is a hard detox. It's a, it's a real hard detox. The other stuff where they do juices and stuff. Look, Dr. Robert Lustig, who is the, probably the eminent researcher in this, has discovered that the fructose molecule is the offending molecule. Table sugars, half fructose, half glucose. And if you're down in juice fasts, all you're doing is blasting your liver with more fructose and you're getting yourself in a worse situation. So, you know, detoxes, like I said, I mean, they're, they're all they are really, I believe, is flour, sugar, and caffeine withdrawals. You know, real. Okay. And, and anybody who's tried it and knows, <laughs> anybody who's honest, right. it's what it is. So, how does one detox from sugar? Uh, slowly. Okay. <laughs> and uh, carefully. And uh, basically, they, you know, they've got to understand what's coming. And you mentioned that, uh, you know, I'm involved with the Food Addiction Institute. The founder, Phil, he's still alive. He, he said, this thing needs an inordinate amount of support. And what it means is that uh, you've probably tried and you've probably, as a healthy guy and a health coach and a health podcaster, you've probably like brought this topic up and people look at you like you're crazy. Like they, this is, you know, oh, everything in moderation, right? Right. Some people biochemically cannot handle this drug in their system. It causes weight gain, diabetes, and all these kinds of things, right? And so they need to follow, like, they need to understand what's coming. They need to have a coach or a sponsor or a a group of people who can walk them through because they can't expect support at their family level or their work level. Uh, they just can't because people haven't come that far. They are, they're not experiencing the same thing the detoxer is, is experiencing. So what they end up doing is they end up going back because detoxing and withdrawals are hard. And without, if you're isolated, it's just as easy to go with that tribe, the group that's still eating sugar, as it is to go with the tribe that's not. So you need to build yourself a tribe around you, a group around you, a, a support system around you. Because I was talking to Pete Evans, the guy, the uh, magic pill guy the other day, it, it, just yesterday, and he's like, 
anybody can detox. Anybody can change their diet like that. It's that changing your emotions, changing your group of people, changing society or blending in society when you're a little bit different. And that's what people fear. They don't want to be a little different. That's the same way with alcohol, though. Correct. People are trying to stop alcohol. They almost have to change friends. Correct. I agree 100%. Yep. Absolutely. And, you know, you don't have to eliminate your family. I didn't, certainly, you know. Uh, I tell people if I didn't have any people that drank or ate sugar, I wouldn't have any friends or family. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably real true. (laughs) So, I mean, it's not like they're eliminated forever, but it's just you have a new little tribe you hang with, kind of like your new workmates or your new, uh, you know, gym mate, the guys you go to the gym with or whatever. You know, it's just a new little crowd you run with, and they are moving in the direction that you want to move. In, right? Okay. Yeah. Now, do you have a detox you recommend for getting off of sugar on your website? Um, yeah, I mean, there, we have a food plan. It's, it's funny. It's a great question, but everybody always wants the food plan and what do I eat kind right. of thing, right? And I, I think that's necessary and I think it's an important part of it. But in a lot, in a lot of ways, there's, there, you need to just you need to do the absence. You can taper down to some extent, but even no matter how low you taper down, when you stop, if you have any habit at all, the the withdrawals are going to be similar. Not not this not as bad maybe, but they're going to be similar. So I just say like you, you gotta you gotta make it you gotta make time for it. You gotta be able to rest. You gotta be able to hydrate. You gotta be able to do a little bit of exercise, and you're gonna sleep a lot. So. I don't like I say particularly have like um, any magic detox. Any there's no magic pills. Like I'm researching some amino acid stuff, but it doesn't treat my body well, and it's so volatile. It's like trying to dial in an SSRI, like trying to dial in a a, a psychotropic of some kind. Everybody's so different. You can't just say, okay, take two aspirin and call me in the morning, you know, take two amino acids, this amino acid, and it'll help everything. Some people, that affects badly. So it's really, you know, here's the thing. I, I, always, I always like say to folks, if I told you not to eat broccoli for a month, you say, okay, no problem. No steak for a month. Okay, no worries, right? right. But when I tell you not to eat sugar for a month or ask you or you ask me, Somehow there becomes this wrestling match with your psyche and me. You know what I mean? So that should be a clue enough that abstinence, I call it the gift of 90 days, Tom. I, I say, look, just do it for 90 days. And if the weight loss isn't there, if the you know your skin isn't better, if you know you don't feel better, you don't get up in the morning better, you're not as anxious, if all these things aren't happening, then just go back to sugar. Right. right? So you know, so there is a little bit, and I don't call it tough love. I'm far from tough love, but at some level, you just have to stop it for a period of time to see how you feel. Okay, so what does sugar? Before we get to the, what does sugar free look like? Sugar free is the sad part for about a third of folks, Tom. And I don't, <laughs> I don't tell people this till they get into the program a little bit. Some people can't handle flour with it. Right? Okay. I was working with an Olympic athlete, right? The, and, and she had to quit caffeine first, right? Because they're so tight, you know, the wired together, fired together stuff. Right. You know, they were so tied together with sugar in the coffee and sugar in the tea and sugar in the cola that she had to quit the caffeine first. She struggled for months and months trying to get off sugar. 
and still drink caffeine. So to me, sugar-free looks like whole food. It's just whole food. It's, it's, uh, it's not um, chemical. I always say anything that's reduced to a white powder, we probably can't handle. And if you can, just handle it in little doses for pleasure or whatever. But for health, one of the things that's exciting about what we're doing now is the science, right? right. Because this was antidotal for a long time. I mean, people really were just, uh, you know, we were freaks. We were, you know, fanatics. We were zealots, right? And, and now there's so much science coming out every day that people want to do this. And sugar-free looks like no sugar, no flour. To me, no sugar, no flour, no caffeine. Some people can, about 10% of people can continue to drink caffeine. And some can do some flowers, but some can't. Okay. So, I mean, keto yeah. flu is basically the lack of carbohydrates converting to sugars, correct? Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I mean, that's interesting because here's where the trick comes in in trying to go sugar-free is there's a lot of hidden sugars. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> the, the, the names like, I think you said earlier 75, 70, really 75 names, maybe more. Yeah. And we don't, I mean, like, I, I'm here in the land of Coca-Cola and sweet tea. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, Coca-Cola is my, in my backyard, you know. Sure. And, you know, Coke always is working on a way to, a, a way to hide the sugar. Yeah. Uh, they're always working on a new, new Coke or like Diet Coke. but you know, let's face it, even a Diet Coke is going to give you that same hot sugar buzz. Right. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, 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 I see it like, like some of the, like the lustings and the big tubs. These, these guys see this as a 30-year deal. Like this is a societal like seatbelts in cars, condoms in bathrooms, uh, drinking and driving, smoking in public places. These are tectonic societal shifts based on science and and research and and important things that that needed to be changed in society and just because sugar has been enculturated over decades decades centuries doesn't mean that it may need to shift and we're at the in the early very early stages of that and you know the cigarette folks did not go down peacefully <laughs> Uh, it's like in the cigarette world, there was no, there was people standing in the way and it, it took longer. And the same thing with the sugar, they have a business to protect. And I have no qualms with the business of sh sugar. They're, they're, you know, they're doing, they're maximizing shareholder value. There's no worries with Coca-Cola, but in the end, you know, these things do change and the grassroots and we vote with our pocketbooks and and it's going to happen. It's just going to take time. And we're, you know, pioneers, guys like you and I are kind of pioneers getting the information out there. Yeah, because here's an interesting, this comes up a lot with my clients and other people, my, my relatives sometimes. But like, are there honey? Like so, so somebody say, well, can I use honey? Or mm. can I use cane sugar? Or can I use... All these, yep. you know, natural maple syrup gets brought up a lot. Real maple syrup. Sure. You know, it's like, well, that's just for natural sugar or, or fruits. What about fruits? You know, right. you know, 
I'm one. I'm one that I know that I, if I eat bananas, I mm. gain weight quickly. Wow! Because I don't. Yeah. I can't convert. I'm not converting that sugar. There's not yeah. enough fiber in the banana to convert the sugar. Nice. So I, that's a great awareness that you came to. Cool. I, I had. I figured it out on my own. Somebody mentioned it to me. Like, because I, I was putting bananas in a in a in my um my smoothie every day. They're like, sure. well. And I'm not getting any, I'm not losing any weight. And they said, are you putting the bananas in there? I'm like, as a matter of fact, I am. Mm-hmm. So I took the banana out and sure enough, the weight came right off. Nice. Well, here, I can tell you what's going on with all that. Here's the situation, right? Fructose is the offending molecule, right? And this is the science that's coming out every day. And fructose, the body doesn't know the difference between the fructose in table sugar, the fructose in a banana. Doesn't they absolutely cannot discern it? Can't the A and B? Uh, a banana, three hundred years ago, you couldn't eat because there's so many seeds in it. So all fruits have been hybridized to the point to be sugar bombs. They're they're fructose bombs, right? right? And agave syrup uh, is like ninety percent fructose. Maple syrup, I don't know what the percentage is, but I think it's higher than regular like sugar. And it in the fructose, there's nothing on the planet that has fructose in it, like old crab apples okay. or whatever, that is poisonous, right? So we're attracted to it for sure. But also we only got it maybe once a year in very limited supply. And you know, I asked Dr. Lustig point blank, can fructose be a psychoactive drug. And he said, and he didn't let me finish my statement. He said, absolutely. And there's a lot of science in that, right? Right. And I, evolutionarily and anthropologically, how or why this product or this, this substance developed, I think it's just to, um, you know, get the seeds disseminated, to, to be attracted to the animals and us to be attracted to it, eat the product, and then have the seeds disseminated, right? right? But it was not meant to made into a crystalline form, nor was it meant to be hybridized over 300 years into giant, beautiful oranges that, you know, <laughs> or <laughs> peaches or anything that was barely edible sweet-wise before. And honey falls in that category. And I want to tell you something that's very I find very interesting. You talked about detoxes earlier, right? Right. If I, heard of the uh the lemonade cleanse what is the master cleanse right the master cleanse. so so the master cleanse is a combination of look it up you'll okay. it's, it's it's a combination of lemon water water and lemon cayenne pepper and 100 natural maple syrup and I actually, it's a, it's a detox you do for five days or whatever, okay. right? And actually the detox works. I did it 20, 30 years, 20 years ago. It actually works. But I think that they include the maple syrup in it just to stave off the sugar withdrawals. So you're basically having a, a water kind of fast with a little bit of lemon juice and a little bit of cayenne pepper, right? And it's a very famous detox. You can look okay. it up. I mean, it's all internet, the master cleanse. And again, I think that the, they included the maple syrup in it just to stave off the sugar withdrawals. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. And well, I mean, you're not eating any food for three or five or right. seven days. You, can, you know, but so when that works, I mean, that's a good thing to do. But like I said, they just added the sugar in there to help it out. Yeah, I was just looking up the, 
uh, honey contains 17 grams of sugar, of fructose. There you go. See? Yeah. And, uh, it's tough. Man. That's it. And your, your family and your relatives and everybody that says that, you know, can I eat this? Can I eat right. that? I just say, look, again, the steak thing. No steak, 90 days. No broccoli, 90 days. No fish, 90 days. Whatever, just choose one. Right. I don't know. Those are easy. Yeah. Why wouldn't this be easy if, if they didn't have it? Right. People didn't have an issue, right? Because of the psychoactive nature, that's why it's not easy, right? Because it does affect your dopamine. It does affect your serotonin, you know? We all love dopamine and serotonin. We do. We love our dopamine. We don't, we really love our dopamine. That's a everything gives us dopamine. Right. Set, good new food, a sunset, right. you know, everything. And when we abuse it, like cocaine or whatever, right. or sugar, it's, it's like that down regulation, the people that's I think gonna be one of the new things that come out, like tar and nicotine or whatever. It's gonna be people are gonna start to understand that. Wow, this beat this beat up my feel goods. I, I want my regular feel goods back. You know, I want my my natural feel goods. I don't want sugar feel goods. Right. You know, they want it. They want it naturally. So, what about like artificial sugars? Some of the ones that are on the market that are the artificial sweeteners. Yeah, that's a. I get that a lot too. Same thing. It's like. The body doesn't know the difference. And, and the sweet taste, moving away from the sweet taste is an important part of your recovery or your okay. change process because it only leads you back to the real stuff. And God, I mean, some of that stuff, the science is just horrid. And it, that, that could be more dangerous right, than right. sugar itself. And like Gloria Swanson, I wouldn't want that stuff in my house, let alone on my body. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't give it to my children. And now for a little general housekeeping. If you are enjoying this episode, I'd greatly appreciate it if you would go to whatever app you are listening to this on and rate and review the show and share it with your friends. Thank you very much. Now, if you've been listening to my episodes for the last couple of years, you'll know that I key on gut health quite frequently in my episodes because honestly, the gut health is king. And pretty much all disease begins in the gut, as Hippocrates said back in 420 BC. So that's a reason I key on gut health quite frequently, because if you're trying to do something simple is just lose weight, your gut health is key. So I have been developing a gut health cheat sheet over the last few months for you to download. And you can obtain this gut health cheat sheet by texting the word gut health, two words, gut health to 773-770-4377. Again, gut health to 773-770-4377. Thank you, and I hope you continue to enjoy this episode and make it a great day. And we touched base a little bit about a withdrawing from sugar addiction. I mean, it's got to be the same as withdrawing from alcohol or withdrawing from drugs. I mean, you have to get sleepy. You must sleep a lot. 
You sleep a lot. If you're if you're actually letting your body do what it wants to do. Right. And you're not pushing caffeine or whatever. So do you find a lot of people that are trying to withdraw from sugar switching to caffeine? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Some people like I said have success. I know so I know a doctor guy. He's uh he drinks his coffee all day, you know, and he's no sugar though. But yeah, I, I wouldn't suggest that. I just think it, I actually think it drives that addiction deeper and it's more difficult to get off. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, no, I wouldn't. It, it, when you talk about withdrawals, I mean, if you spend five minutes in my inbox and five minutes on my Facebook Messenger, you would see the pain out there of people trying to do this that they've got diabetes, they're two and 300 pounds overweight. Uh, they're losing limbs, going blind, and they still can't get off the sugar. They, they, you know, they they say, "I I know I can eat to, I know I have to," but they can't. So it's tied to a substance use disorder, like you're describing. An alcohol or a drug is so real that folks are again. We're in the early stages of this kind of coming out, but it's very, very real um, for some folks. For you know, about a third of the population whose body doesn't tolerate it well. So let me ask you a question then. Yeah. So tell me what, in your opinion, what is the, I mean, you've been doing this a while. Over, You've been sugar-free for over 30 years. Yeah. And your kids have been sugar-free. But you, like, if you go to Aunt Mary's birthday party, yeah. do you avoid the cake? Yeah. I don't, you know, it doesn't, there's no draw at all anymore. Okay. All right. What about carbohydrates and white white breads and white flowers? I haven't had either of those in 30 okay. years. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I don't know really. I mean, I, I don't think of it as amazing. I just think of it as kind of a, I don't know. I, I just stuck to it and it seemed to work. So it works for me anyway. And, right. and, I, and I think folks are, if they would give it a shot, just give that gift of 90 days and give it to themselves. And look in the mirror and jump on the scale and maybe even go to the doctor and get some tests. Right. They they would they would see that the the you know big thing now is the continuous glucose monitors, but you can do it very simply for a ten dollar monitor on Amazon. Just stick your finger right when you're about to eat the product, eat the product, stick it again, wait an hour, stick it again. And then wait two hours and stick it in. So you get this little graph, you know? Right. And you can watch your, your sugar, your body, how it's affected, right? You know, and you, you'll you change your... That's why I like the, some of the biohackers these days. They, they, they're they they're getting the information from their own body to tell them what the doctor's been yeah. telling them years. Yeah, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Moore from Living La Vida Low Carb yeah. has got one of those uh, meters in his arm. Sure. That I mean, it's like a. Is it permanent? No, it's just like a patch, like a. Okay. You know, like a. It's a like a Fitbit'll do it. They have some new stuff, but yeah, no, it's. A, I think it's only prescription now, but there's no prescription ones in Europe now. It's coming. Okay. But yeah, that I think that type of feedback for folks is really going to be valuable. Really. Right. Well, I mean, I know from myself, myself, my uh, that's. What my dad died of metabolic syndrome, which is diabetes and sure uh, liver and cholesterol and all that wrapped up in one. And when I was diagnosed with the same disease he passed away of, mm. I had to make a decision, sure, to change my life. And 
sugar was one of those things. But I, I have to admit, though, I still, you know, every once in a while, I'll treat myself to something sugary, mm. you know. And I, I'm going to try the 90 days, like you said, and see what how it goes. But yeah, you know, it's hard. In my opinion, the hardest part is to be very conscious of the foods you're grabbing off the shelf mm. and eating or drinking to make sure the sugar's not in them. Sure. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's face it, a lot of this, everything at the grocery store, unless you're staying in one little area, has got sugar in it. I know, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, this whole last 30 years where the been demonizing the fat and the sugar industry has been hiding a little bit of the research or whatever. You know, it's a, it's been a, a sideways turn. I think it'll, we'll, we'll look back. It'll be a blip. It, it won't be a good blip. It's going to take a while to get out of it, but places like Canada and Great Britain that have socialized medicine, they can't sustain it anymore. And we can rarely sustain it, but it's like they're, they're treating so many people with metabolic syndrome type things. Us. It's just that we've got to, so we're we're in the early stage. It was we're pioneers a little bit, but I was at the uh, local drugstore a couple of day, a weeks ago, and the two gentlemen in front of me, the one was a cashier, and the other gentleman must come in there a lot. But he was they were both talking about the price of insulin, their price of their insulin going up, mm. and I, I was biting my tongue saying, "Hey, why don't you?" I wanted to just say, "Why don't we fix that problem?" Right. You know, yeah. but they. they Instead, they just keep putting the insulin in, in their system. It's like... It's hard, man. It's it, really it, hard. It's sad. It's hard. it's hard to watch the kids, you know, because you got 100% control from one to four for sure. Right. And, and you can set up a really good pattern in that period of time. And it's hard, you know, get the kid 9, 10, 11 years old, he's already had sugar most of his life, getting it away from us is another, another story, you know, and even adults. But, but yeah, it's hard, you know, to watch the children. Yeah, I mean, you think about it and, you know, we go from one holiday to the next. Or, you know, we start with New Year's and New Year's Eve and then boom, Valentine's Day, boom, Memorial Day weekend, Easter. Memorial Day weekend, the Fourth of July, Labor Day, uh, Halloween, yeah. you know, right? Boom, boom, boom. We're we're full of sugar holidays. I know, I know, man. I, I just I, I know. I'm talking to the preaching of the choir here, but I don't know how it all plays out, man. I'm I, really fascinated to see what happens in the next decade. How fast? How slow? Right. Because you know? there's change coming. You know what I mean? There's right. change happening are you seeing it like you're talking about a summit that you are doing right now oh yeah i mean it's like the the folks are like uh the educators from harvard cornell i mean it's just there's more mds and phds now jumping on understanding this than and doing it in their practice you got a low carb cardiologist dude i mean it's uh, there's so many people using it, these methods in their practice getting people like they're not cutting their hearts open or they're not doing this. They're, they're actually saying, get off the carb refined carbohydrates and let's come back. We have one bariatric surgeon who will not do the surgery until you understand the, the sugar addiction stuff because of the recidivism rate. It's like, I'm not going to cut their stomach open and they're going to go back to eating sugar stuff because that's about all their stomach can handle at that point. It's a small amount. And they usually, if they don't understand this part, 
then you it's know it's not going to work. Yeah, my last resort is to do the thing to save their life, and then I try and educate them. Whatever. That's but amazing in itself that he's it is standing it's up to that. A real advancement, I believe. Yeah. Real advancement. Now how? Where do you see it playing out with the big food companies, though? How do we? You know, this is yeah. their this is their mainstay. Yeah, I, I, one of the things the uh, I think it's uh, Nestle in Switzerland has an entire complex devoted to you know moving their products to healthier stuff, right? Okay, and they understand this. The process is going to be slow. Uh, again, I don't have any issue with those folks. They they evolved with the rest of society, you know, and they I think they will evolve. I think they take they take a lesson, in my opinion, from the tobacco litigation. You remember this site? Oh, yeah. in newspapers. Seven guys standing up with their right arm up, swearing that nicotine was not addictive. You will not find the big sugar and the big the <laughs> big food producers doing that. No. They are going to play this differently, you know. And they are going to, you know, walk out of this and move their product line to healthier stuff and invest in more healthy products. And they're doing it, you know, slowly. Slowly. And, and, you know, that's... But the grassroots always wins, I right. think. You know, I think educating people up from the grassroots, that's guys like you and I do. You know? It's a tough road, man, for, all, for you and I. It's a tough road for even the people that are, have these, you know, or that are addicted to sugar. Yeah, no, it's hard. There's a lot of pain out there, Tom. I mean, there's a lot of people hurting. And they don't, and the funny part is they don't know why because the education is not out there. Right. The dive in, in cigarette consumption was so gigantic because, in essence, the litigation was a trillion dollar advertising campaign, right? And so you're looking at like a trillion dollars in media out there with all of the. Newspaper and television, and then the the cigarette consumption has continued since that time period. You can graph it, uh, gone down, right? Right. And I think that'll happen. I mean, there will be some litigation and uh, that kind of stuff, but more publicity, and who knows what the tipping point will be. And but we can't wait because people die fast. You know, right. it, it, you know, you got to you got to. This is a na- this is a national epidemic. True. I, I agree 100%. It's a worldwide epidemic. Right. Yeah. I mean, some countries are worse than us. Well, I don't think there's any countries worse than us, but That's what some, I was are <laughs> some are pretty bad. Yeah. Well, some of them are getting worse because, you know, a lot of those countries, a lot of the countries didn't have fast food for a long time. Exactly. And now all of a sudden, McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's yeah. are all building places in, you know, in India, Pakistan. Pakistan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, no doubt for sure. So let me ask: We, we exported our bad stuff. Yeah, we did. We did, and, and it's it's gonna it's gonna change. I hope so. I, I don't think I'll see it. Well, maybe I will. I think it will. I, I, I think it'll I go fast so. pretty quickly. At, at some point, I think something's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to be. Maybe litigation. Maybe I don't know. Well, maybe look at cigarettes. With they with cigarettes, they ended up what? Going up to almost nine, ten dollars a pack. Right, taxes. Yeah, that, taxes. that's already happening. There's about uh, there's four or five cities in the United States. Um, definitely in Great Britain, they already have a sugar tax. They do. Okay. Really, yeah, yeah. So that's already happening. Is that? Why well, did New York put a? I don't know if New York succeeded, but did they succeed on putting a, a, a tax on soda? 
Yeah, Bloomberg did something. I can't remember. And he yeah. got a lot of grief for it. A lot he of got grief. a lot of grief. Yeah. So let me ask you, before we go close today. Yeah. What? Give me some thoughts on, on what you'd like to leave the listeners with today as far as your take on this and, and what you want to tell them. Because this, this is something that we that is, is a major problem. Yeah. You know, I would just say to folks, like, you, you got to be your own person. You know, you have to do it for yourself, right? And, you know, everybody loves their family, but it, their tribe, they're not doing it maliciously, trying to draw you back and tell you moderation and stuff. They're doing it because a thousand years ago, if you left the tribe, you might die. You know, they're, they're right. trying to keep you with the group, right? And you got to get a separate group and you got to, like, make your own decisions about this. And then, you know, pull the trigger, man. You got to just do it and test it. I always tell people about the uh, scratch test, you know, like if you're, they think you got an allergy, they'll put this long strip down your back with scratch it with pollen and honey and whatever, grass, seaweed, you know, and they'll find out if you're allergic to something, right? Well, do the test, man. Just go 30, 60, 90 days without the stuff. And then you make the decision whether or not you want to go back, right? And don't listen to people. I mean, do your research, really. I mean, check it out. Find the experts. Read some of the books you and I have talked about. And like, make your own decisions about this stuff. But make a decision because the insidiousness of over time of sugar, my average client, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but I don't care anymore. It's like my average client is a woman. And I don't know why, but they are. Maybe they're smarter. I think they are. They're, so a woman who's between 40 and 70, who has gained two to three pounds a year, been diagnosed with something, now is 30 to 50 pounds or more, a lot more, some overweight, and really can't figure out how they got here. Some of them exercise a lot. Some of them like exercise all the time. They eat healthy. Most of them know more about nutrition than I do, for God's sakes. They're really educated, really beautiful, smart women, and they can't figure out how they got here, you know, because of the insidious, slow working nature. It's not going to destroy your body tomorrow, but over time, it certainly will. So make your own decisions and and, and do it. You know, it's the old Nike thing. Just do it and, and test your body, test your body. Not Don't worry about anybody else giving you grief. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Hey, before you go, I have a question I ask all of my guests. If Mike had an hour or two, 30 minutes to relax, what album or artist would you listen to? <laughs> That's a great question. I'm kind of a jazz guy, so anything with an alto saxophone in it. Okay, okay, cool. And I love there's jazz so too, many, Michael. There's so many of them. Because when, when I'm listening to lyrics, and I love lyrics, and I like female vocalists, but it, my mind works a little bit. Right. You know? Like I pay a subscription on the, in the car because I turn it on and there's no commercials. There's right. no, 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 nothing but jazz, you know? And so that's, yeah, that's what I'd be doing. Yep. You get a lot of jazz out in L.A. Yeah, we do. We yeah. Do. There's we a do. lot of, do they still do that? They used to have a jazz fest out on Catalina Island. Did they still they do, do that? For sure. Absolutely, yeah. man. That's that awesome. Was, that was amazing. Yeah, that's some good stuff. That was back. I went, I lived in, the, I was in the Navy 
Uh, it was in San Diego, but I, we were stationed in Long Beach for a while. And that's when I went to the Jazz Fest in the 80s at yeah. Catalina Island. Yeah. Great still there, Jazz Festival. Still there. All right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your time today. And good luck with the rest of your sum- sugar. It's a sugar summit, right? Kick Sugar Summit. Kick yep. Sugar Summit. Okay. It's a good one. Yeah. All right. We'll be around next year, depending on when this airs. So we're, okay. we're not going in. It's our fourth one. So. Okay, good. Good luck with it, and I appreciate your time today, sir. All right, thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. All right, bless you, sir. Thank you for joining in today with the Rebel Health Coach, Tom Underwood. And be sure to subscribe to the show so you can catch all the episodes. With desire and commitment, you can implement a lifestyle of wellness and fitness. For the support, encouragement, and tools you need to be successful, visit TomUnderwood.net.